Yeah, kid! Welcome, welcome, everybody, back to another episode of the Handsome Home Buyer Podcast. Normally, at this point, you would hear me uh, selflessly plug myself uh, about buying houses that smell like cat pee, but instead of doing that, I'm going to play you guys a potential radio spot that should be airing in the very near future. I want to get some feedback, so check this out. Let me know what you think. This is the G-rated version. They uh, they kind of toned the kid down. I was going for something a little more vocal, but apparent vocal. Uh, vo- uh, what's that word I'm looking for? A little more what? I forget. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Anyway, it's a little something a little nastier, but apparently uh, it wasn't children child friendly. So <laughs> listen to this. I want some feedback. Hit up the Facebook at uh, Handsome Home Buyer. Hit up the website handsomehomebuyer.com. Hit up the Instagram at handsome underscore homebuyer and let you know. Ready? One, you're gonna get to hear this too. Great. Ready? Wait for it. Wait, wait, oh no. I'm Charles Weirup, the handsome home buyer. Do you have a house that smells like cat pee? It's dated from the 1960s, has six inches of mold on the walls, human waste floating past the basement steps, or tenants that don't pay? If so, I want to buy it. Are you behind on your mortgage? Haven't paid your taxes? Or yes! more than your house is worth? If so, I can help, and I want to buy it. Contact me today for a no-obligation cash offer in less than 24 hours at 516-777-SOLD or on our website at www.handsomehomebuyer.com. Love it. Bam! Dude, <laughs> yeah. I think it's kick-ass. Originally, the original one was uh, Cat Piss and Human Fecal Matter. Yeah. And the lady that works for the um, radio station is like, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, yeah, she's like, absolutely not. Wait, what'd you say? What did you say about that? What, what did you use instead? Oh, I used cat pee yeah. and human waste. Human waste, yeah. Which well, is, fecal matter has like a different clarification. Which I thought was <laughs> which I thought was ridiculous because human fecal matter is the literal like, you know, right. PC like medical term. For shit. Right. <laughs> so they should have been okay with that. But she said no. And actually right now as we speak, not as we speak, I think at 9 o'clock, they're having a meeting on whether that is too offensive. Oh, that's too – I hope it goes through. Dude, you can't cage – you can't cage the kid. Would you say cat pee or cat piss? Cat pee. No, I uh, wanted cat piss. Oh. Th- we compromise. Are you offended by cat piss? Like, no, if I think dr- it grabbed my freaking attention. <laughs> think, think about this for a minute. You're, like, put yourself in this position. So you're driving, right? Your wife's in the car. The kids are in the back. How old are your kids? Kids are three and a half and two. Okay, so three and a half and two. And all of a sudden, that comes on. Like, I'm the crazy Eddie of uh, buying houses. Right. And cat piss, cat piss blares. Oh, <laughs> I remember the word I was thinking of. Vulgar. There we go. Uh, Thanks for the help on that one. <laughs> so, and you hear cat piss, and the kids are in the back seat, like, fighting with each other. Are you offended as as a father? Cat piss? Cat yeah, piss. That wouldn't bother me. No? Are you less offended by cat pee? I guess I'd be less offended if you're trying to be PC. Then you're trying to, but you but you want to grab people's attention. I think cat piss would grab their attention. No, in a I f- you know what it is for me on the podcast as in like life on on social media. I feel like I take the Howard Stern approach in the sense that I feel that I have to be a hundred percent real, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel that I have to just not censor myself, right? right? And whatever aspect of my life comes up just comes up. Otherwise, like people can sense the bullshit. Sure, you know what I mean. It doesn't feel authentic, right? So that's why I do that. So I, I mean, they, if if. I don't know. So I told her, listen, if I can't even use cat pee, like we're not going to do the radio spot, but um, which I'm upset about because I really want to do it because I think it's going to fucking kick ass and work. It's totally going to kick ass. I it know. did grab my attention. Exactly. So. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So back to us. Uh, we got a kick ass guest today. Oh, one thing I want to throw in before we talk about our kick ass guest and his fantastic head of hair, which you can actually see on Instagram. <laughs> I just posted a few minutes ago on that Snapchat thing on top, which I still don't understand exactly how to use, but it's working for me. So... <laughs> In addition to um, wanting to meet realtors, bankruptcy attorneys, um, you know, regular homeowners that are looking to sell their house, guys that are looking to invest uh, for a double-digit return secured by real estate, which is, in my opinion, the only investment out there. Uh, our guest does a ton of that stuff, and it's unbelievable what you're going to hear. Aside from that, if you have any kind of business concept at all, right? We, I am an angel investor as well. So if you have some kind of a concept that you're looking to get off the ground, something you're looking to build, an app, you know, uh, a brick and mortar type of establishment, whatever it is, hit me up on my email, charles at handsomehomebuyer.com. That's handsome as in good looking. Yes, homebuyer, singular, no S's, dot com. I'd love to hear the concept. I'd love to see the pro forma. I'd love to see what you have. Uh, I'd be very interested in investing my own capital. I have other investors as well that are interested in this kind of stuff. So, you know, if we can all help each other, we all have to help each other get up the mountain. If I can help you and I can make money in the process, it's a beautiful thing. So, uh, so think of me. What do you think of that? Love it. Do you? Yeah. 
I stole that from somebody. I can't Did take you? credit. Yeah, I stole that from freaking Gary V. I, 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 I freaking I can't take credit for that. I don't remember him saying that. He did, but you know what? The thing is, like my buddy Mark always says, the first time you like take someone's idea, you credit them, and then after that, you credit yourself. So <laughs> Gary, that's the only cr- time you're gonna get credit for that. I think I'll be probably quoting some Gary things too. I uh, I right. watch him regularly. He's the freaking man, that guy. All right, so let me talk about the guest. Our guest today is the freaking man. His uh, we have actually a similar mentor. How long have you been doing this for? But seven years, seven, eight years. Seven years. Yeah. Seven years. He has unbelievable hair. He has an unbelievable hair to beard ratio, blue eyes, pretty, pretty as fuck this guy, right? <laughs> he does, actually, he does pretty much a little bit of everything, but his big concentration is mid, can we say mid to, can we say small to mid multifamily? Can we say yeah, that? Yeah, sure. Our largest right now would be 56 units. Okay, so small to mid-sized multifamily uh, in upstate New York, specifically the Syracuse area, Atlanta. What's that other one that I like the word? Chattanooga. Chattanooga. Uh, he's coming into my world a little bit, and I'm going to call it my world even though it's not, which is single-family rentals as well. But, um, you know, he's, he's basically the guy in the movie. He's basically the guy that, that I aspired to be when I first got into this business where I said, you know what, I'm going to take non-performing big multifamily buildings uh, that are either vacant or not performing. I'm going to raise money. I'm going to reposition them. I'm going to refi out of them. It's the stuff that, you know, all the big, big players in the industry are doing. Like all the guys that are making big, big, big money, uh, the funds, the guys that are doing this stuff nationwide, this is what they do. You know, they buy big multifamily buildings. Now he's doing vacants. Uh, before that, just non-performing. You get better management companies in there. You raise rents. You renovate, whatever it is. You bring up the rents. And within, let's say, 18 months, is that accurate? You look to refi out and uh, and move on to the next one. So without further ado, I'd like to introduce Chris Jackson of Sharpline Equities. Thank you, Charles. Evan, look, yeah! Evan, the voice of reason in the background, which I just heard. <laughs> when, when are you going to be on officially? Potentially two weeks from now. So in potentially two weeks from now, I've been trying to get Evan the voice of reason to be my sidekick uh, for like probably the last three months. And I hear as of uh, two weeks from now, he's going to be joining us. So that's really exciting. It's a treat for you guys. The dynamic is, is interesting to say the least. So, yo, welcome. Thank you, Charles. Thanks, man. Good to be I, here. I appreciate you coming out. I know that you basically drove 100 miles in the snow, uphill, both ways. Basically two hours to get here. That's but I, love. But I pay the what's called the North Fork tax. Do you know you know where the North Fork is, do you? What's the, yeah, I know where the North Fork is. It's, it's beautiful the, out there, bro. East end of Long Island. It's, it's not, like it's not the Hamptons, but it's the North Fork of Long Island. Where it's, getting, it's getting... How long have you been out there for? I've been out there for 12 years. Oh, so you like got in there before everybody kind of found it, and now the prices it's, are just like going through the It's room. going up. Yep. It's been discovered. So now you have... You so went, let's not talk about it. So it's not discovered I, 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 even more. Yeah, so we, no, we shouldn't plug it. I know. But it's good for the home values. <laughs> well, yeah, that's... A, so now it went from being like calm, cool, kind of farm country. You knew everybody. And now you have like probably four months a year, you have all these hoity-toity Manhattanites and uh Yeah, they're coming out. They're coming out. The summer gets crowded. You might be louder than me, bro. You might be. I, I told you. We're having this conversation before. Back. It's like a battle to see who is louder. Do we have to turn the microphone down? And as I watch the thing spike, I'm like, it's... it's yeah, there we are. It's it's kind of like There's Spider-Man spike. versus Superman. I'll sit back. Uh, should we fuck with it? I don't know if we should fuck with it. I'm just going to take it down a little we'll bit. Take it, take it down. Evan, you've made your debut. So, bro, I want, you to, I want you to tell me kind of first, how did you, again, I, I know you train with Carl, yep. right? Which, I mean, Carl is basically the foundation of, of every great real estate investor on Long Island, in my opinion. I'm a little bit biased. That's like, that's my dad. <laughs> but um, I just kind of want to get into, you know, Seven years ago, or even before that, what yeah. the what the thought process was? How'd you get into this? You know, what kind of started this whole thing? I mean, I would say that uh, I started investing seriously. Decided that I was going to get my first deal about eight or nine years ago, two thousand eight, right. I guess, beginning of two thousand eight. How old are you now? I'm forty one. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you look fantastic, bro. Thank Not you. that forty one is old, but still, <laughs> there's no grays there, nothing. They're they're coming in. Are they? You just, you, well, maybe on your close up, it'll show. Up. Oh yeah, I don't see it from here. I mean, I'm colorblind, but I could see gray. But I but I have a story that's like uh, a lot similar to a lot of people, which is uh, I've been thinking about real estate investing for twenty years. You know, twenty one, yeah. twenty two. I got a Carlton Sheets book that was like I think it was CDs at the time, yeah. maybe even VHS was just turning over and. Uh, you know, I, I, I loved it. I thought the idea was great. And then I stared at it and dreamed about it. And you know what I did? Nothing. So, 
So I think this is really interesting because, like, I mean, I was I had a conversation with my buddy this weekend who's like trying to get in the real estate. Same thing. He's just like right, right there, but just can't pull the trigger. So yeah. I'm kind of so you basically thought about it for ten years. Yeah, I mean, in various ways. Like I did, I as I so I I was probably too young. I was like dreamer. Like, this is something I want to get into, but I didn't know how to put it together. Maybe I didn't have the confidence yet then to do the kind of work that you need to do to get out there and really put in the tons of offers, feel like an idiot half the time because you don't know what the frig you're talking about. So I didn't... Sounds uh, like dating. (laughs) In a way. So I... uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, then I think I put it probably put it away. It didn't work. I, I can't even remember why it didn't work. Probably because I didn't do shit. But like, then I wanted to do wholesaling. I figured wholesaling was like a good way because I didn't have capital yeah. and I can I, my marketing prowess maybe started to get better. And I figured out direct mail, and nice. I was getting people to call. And then I had the big oh shit moments like. <laughs> What do I do now? People are fucking calling me and I don't know what to do. I don't have buyers lined up like an idiot. But that's like, awesome. But that's the process. It is. It is. And I, I... You were trying to wait. You were trying to wholesale. I mean, wholesaling is like a really like a natural kind of progression of people who just want to kind of like stip their, dip sure. their You don't know where to water. get capital. You feel like there's going to be buyers out there if you can get it at the right price and you'll be able to make your quick yeah. 2 to 10K something. But you have to have your system lined up, and I was a bit naive to... What Was it multifamily at that no, point that no, you look no, at wholesale no. or single family? No, I didn't even know about apartment building world. Shameless plug. Everybody should check out the podcast with Mary Heimovich. She is a sick wholesaler from the boroughs. She did like 46 deals last year wholesaling, something crazy like that. So you're like, oh, okay, so you're going to do... I'm going to do... Think I, and I bought another course for that. I forget which one. Oh, I can't Jesus. even remember. But I, I, yeah, I have like thousands of dollars at the courses like most people do. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, education's never wasted, like my mom says. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I and, agree with that. Like when I look back, those were all like all those little pieces without a doubt. Get it, get to where I am now. It's like when you look back, you you connect the uh, you connect the dots of, of how like, you got it, where you were. But are. in the moment, you don't realize that. Sometimes yeah. you're like, I wasted the money here. I can't buy another course again. Yeah. So you you kind of doubt yourself that you're doing it again. But I I mean I hope maybe this comes across that people that are doing that like give yourself a break. So <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's why I think it's really powerful because like there's a ton of people that are sitting there that like want to do it that like for whatever reason aren't doing it. So I want to know ultimately like what caused you to like grab your balls and jump. All right, so enough enough failure, and then enough yeah enough really? not not making it happen. Really, you just got like pissed off, like sick and tired of yeah. I'm thirty whatever it is. I'm uh, thirty two, thirty three yeah. years old, and basically saying like this is the last time, and you can't think about it anymore if you don't do it. Wow, you gave like, you're not like you're my... not allowed to think about it anymore. You can't do like your thousand dollars worth of direct mail. Have people call, and then it doesn't work. Uh, you can't like your your fits and starts are, are killing you. Like so, I went to uh, I think I forget where I, I think I met Carl at one of the Rias, and uh, he was we we got to know each other. And I was like, I'm doing this. I'm getting my first deal. Like I was gonna flip houses and everything like that. Oh Continue. yeah, I was I was going in with the whole wholesaling. And he's like, Chris, you come from a technology background. You're an analytics guy. I think it's about buy and hold for you. Really? Yeah, I think you should do multifamily buy and hold. See, uh, wow. So he's like, why don't you learn the the mechanics, the the projections, the analysis of bigger buildings? And I fell in love with it immediately. Wow. Dude, that guy knows shit. <sighs> it's like my mom. Like I walk in the house, my mother just knows what's going on. She hits me with something. Carl's like that guy. That's really interesting. And it's really cool that he uh he said it to you because normally he doesn't he doesn't usually offer up that kind of like he doesn't like to push people like that. Right. But that's interesting. Because like, it ended up working out unbelievably well. It did. I mean, uh, but it, but here's the thing, though. It's like it's not this. Uh, it's not all rainbows and dandelions. You don't just hire no. your mentor, and then two months later, it's like like the freaking deals come. You got to work your freaking ass off and get there. And I took it took a year to get my first deal. Really? A yeah, full of course. Year. To no, get that my, makes the I'm right the same deal. way. <laughs> it took me. It took me like three years of solid education, and then a year of like chasing shit seven yeah. days a week to totally. get it. And the multifamily world, like you have some. Like, it's one thing for me to, like, go buy a house in Levittown and flip it. Okay, there's a lot of competition. But when you're talking about buying 50-unit apartment buildings... Well, I didn't, buy, I didn't buy 50-unit oh, apartments I'm helping you first. up, dude. I know, but now, now I'm there. Now you are, okay. But when, but when you're taking me back to when I first was there, I wasn't okay. thinking... I only had a certain amount of capital, and I went and bought a five-unit building because I wanted to get commercial. Nice. All right, so you know what? Take me, take me, <laughs> take me through the process of, like, all right, so you start training, yep. you know... What are you doing? And then ultimately, like, how do you find that first deal? And yep. then what was it like when you found that first deal? All right. So I, you first, I mean, it's a chess game. When you give multifamily, you have to have the right amount of capital. 
So yeah. you got to have the capital ready. Shit's so, not cheap. So you got to, I mean, this is also 2000, so I'm beginning to look in 2008 and 9. so this is when the, 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 the bust had occurred. Which is awesome. Well, it's, I wish I knew what I know now then, oh, but yeah. then I, like, nobody was lending at all. Oh, see, that's the, pro- yeah. So, so I, and no one wants, and everyone's, everyone's like sucking up their and cash. And everybody's like really like scared too. So like people, like, is this the right move? Where's the economy going? Is this the right investment? Like there's a lot of fear going on. So yeah, you can look back and be like, F, I should have just freaking powered and bought everything up, Absolutely. which I should have. Absolutely. And I'll be ready. We'll get to Next that. But we'll be ready. <laughs> if you know when it's going to happen, let me know. All right? We'll buy everything up the next time it happens. Literally everything. But so I had I, I went to friends and family and uh, got a certain amount of cash. And I, I had to spend a lot of time convincing people that I knew what I was going to do, even not having any experience. It's so hard, but you have to do it. Yeah, but you the passion. Be, but it's people, about the passion, I think. It's, and you get the passion by, by the, the education yes. and also something that you can't articulate it's just there I was, you know i was born to do it this is what that's awesome yeah <laughs> i mean and that's what people say people are constantly like yo how do you do it how do you do it tell me how to do it i'm like yo listen you have to get the education and it's going to take you at least a year yeah. and then they go from like super smiling like wah, 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 wah. And it's <laughs> like bro if you're not willing to fucking no, put what it no, takes no. it's not going to happen the dark days you got to be in the dark it's not even dark oh it's a bad day and then the next day is amazing there's dark weeks no, and months no. and you got to be able to but get i through. love it i kind of thrive off that shit well, I, I do i do too now i understand it when i'm feeling it. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh, this is just part of the game. You exactly. got to reboot the momentum. Exactly. What do we have to do to reboot the momentum? Exactly. I'm like, yo, this is just, <laughs> you have to be, I always say you have to be attached to the process, not the outcome because you, oh, st- totally. actually, but in real estate, you find it too in real estate. Like uh, now when we do deals, there's a lot of like, there's so much that goes into finding the deal, negotiating the deal, getting the deal to close, financing the deal, the deal close. And it's such a non-event. It's almost like really sad. You're like, oh, we have it now. <laughs> yeah, no, I I mean, no like I, it's it's high fives and everything like that. But like, I'm trying to think, like I mean, I I'm love. Like, the that's why I'm saying the process is so important that you have to love the yes. process because it's going to happen. You close and you're like, yes, okay, what are we doing next? Reboot. Yeah, <laughs> yes. No, you know what? That makes sense, and it's interesting that you say that. Yeah, you have to really, really love that process. And you know what? It can't really be about the money. Like, I mean, everybody's different. Every listen, I buy real estate. And I'm sure you do the same way for financial freedom, right? You do, but at the same time, it's like. You know, it's not Benz's and freaking five thousand dollar bottles of uh, in the club and and all. The, it's like you just you like the game. It's like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett is worth like a disgusting amount of money, but he still lives in his original house that he right. bought for like freaking fourteen thousand. It's, it's about choice. Yeah, you you are setting yourself up and your family and and our investors. Like we're doing this for everybody. Like they make their money work for them, and yeah. we allow choices. When your money's working for you, you have choices, and that's power, and that's freedom. And that's another thing you say to the investor, <laughs> about the investors, which I kind of, somebody really put in my face. He's like, listen, like, bro, you are, whether it's the people that you're hiring or the people that are investing you, like, obviously it's mutually beneficial, and I, and I, and I can't do it without them. But at the same time, it's like, bro, you're support, like, we're supporting people's families. We're creating jobs. Like, yeah. that is a very I, rewarding thing in itself. I mean, you must have it too, or some, I have investors that, uh, you know, they've never done something like this. Yeah, of course. And then the, it, it works and the money's working for them. And they're like, I didn't even understand that this is how money works. And it's yes. like, and you see the paradigm shift in the mind. No, that's true, man. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's, it's true. It's like, because while this isn't like investing in real estate passively for people isn't like an uncommon thing, it's still an unconventional thing, I feel like. Sure. You know, when you look at everybody as a whole and you like take 10 people, you're like, you have to invest your money for retirement. What are you going to invest it in? Oh, I'm going to put it in stocks. Oh, I'm going to put it in right. like a mutual fund, bullshit, bullshit, whatever. Right, right. I mean, and, and some people, and you know, you should diversify. You shouldn't just have all real estate. But like, honestly, like I don't, I don't get really how stocks work. I don't. I can't really understand why stocks are going up or stocks are going down. I can't explain to somebody, and really anybody, why a building is working because and why, and they're make, why that money is making money. Yeah, but because and, and like people when but like it's something that most people can conceptually understand. But because the stock market is not a rational thing, like this, I mean, it, it's completely unpredictable. Right. You know, it's just and, and you can't. There's no reason to uh, to try to understand crazy. Right. <laughs> that's that's how you put it. I mean, I'm more relating. That so I so I like like you do the same thing. I mean, with, like that's why we're in this game. Like we like the factor of real estate. That I don't know of another mechanism that allows such control over value are we control freaks are we control freaks i don't i mean i would say we probably are because we need to get it right (laughs) all right maybe i don't know i was just thinking about that for a minute you you control you're controlling you're controlling value by purchasing right yeah 
making sure that you're not like overextending on certain deals. You're controlling that value. I'm just trying to think, do we, do we gravitate towards what we do for that reason? Yo, guys, am I a control freak? Be honest. No comment. <laughs> I don't think so. Thank you. You, you think so or do you not think so? No, I don't. You don't think so? No. I don't think so. What do you think about I, this? I wouldn't Look care. Look at his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I've it's very like regal. Right? Exactly. <laughs> like your Greek god or something. Yes! Wow. Holy wow. shit! I'm going to thank my grandfather for that. He had Fuck. the hair. <laughs> well, I think it's the whole face. I think it's the hair and the face. Fuck. Together. You, you were in the movie Greek. Gladiator. It could have been in the movie Gladiator. <laughs> All right, now you're making me blush. Yeah. Or the sculpture. How come you don't say that shit about me? <laughs> you know what? Let's let's go back to the podcast. This is going to go downhill fast. <laughs> um. So go back to... So basically, like, all right, I'm going to buy a building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take me through the process sure. of, like... How do you pick, you pick the area? How do you pick the area? Right. Like just everything that people want to know. Sure. I mean, I, I would say that some of these decisions were wrong, but they were right for me. Uh, I had a certain amount of cash uh, or, and uh, investors that were willing to give me that cash. And I knew that uh, I wanted five units. So when you have five units with a limited amount of cash, you got to find some areas that where you can get something like ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a unit. Okay. All right. So you're going to get certain areas of the country and... Uh, I didn't want to fly anywhere for the first place. I thought it was going to be too tough, too expensive to constantly fly to a place and look at it. Okay. So I drew a radius around where I lived, about six hours driving, and I picked out about six or seven cities. That speed sounds familiar. And Yeah, and, the, and, and compared them against each other, and uh, and Syracuse won. Wow. And, and I'm not going to... Why is that? Uh, Syracuse won because, you know, you're comparing against, uh, you know, like Scranton, Wilkes-Barre, uh, where else was I looking? Wilkes-Barre, PA? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're looking at Albany, Utica, Syracuse, like uh, some places in maybe Springfield, Mass. Uh, and then when I looked at all these cities, uh, Syracuse stood out as the one that was the most stable. I'm not going to try to sell that Syracuse is this, uh, you know, everybody talks about emerging markets and all that. Like, uh, I like steady markets and Syracuse yeah. isn't going to go anywhere. I'm it wasn't that. affected by the, I was in, the, we, we were, at the time, we were in the bust. So I was able to see that Syracuse didn't bust like crazy, and it didn't yeah. also. It Albany didn't, didn't either. It did. I went to Albany afterwards, started oh. looking for some buildings. Albany was pretty like. Mm, I think I think straight. Albany was too at the time when I was looking at Albany. I felt like maybe it was just a little more expensive per unit yeah. at the time. So, uh, so I I went with Syracuse and uh, got my five units. Huh. But I went up there and I looked at a lot of places and I I and. It took a year to find the right one, but I was super, super, super conservative. Did you have like so? What was your, what was your criteria basically? Like you know, you and I were talking yesterday. And I'm like, yo, my criteria. Do you want to talk about it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I can talk about oh, it. Okay, yeah. Like what? So when you're looking for one of these things, every, every so let me get to this for a minute. Everyone's idea of a good vest, investment is very, very different, right? right? So some guys like yo, I need four percent return. Some guys I need yeah. like four hundred percent return, and everything in between, right? So like. But basically, you have like a set kind of criteria where you're like, it has to hit X, Y, Z, or I just don't buy it, right? Yeah, I mean, now my, my the criteria I'm going to, in hindsight, tell you is like, like I, want, I don't think I was thinking that sophisticated. Okay. So, because I don't want to paint that impression that like, I think newbies like want to do this will, I think, overthink it. Okay. Uh, my criteria was, uh, it has to cash flow to a certain rate. And it was, okay. probably, it was like a, basically like I need, I want a 10, I had my investors, I was giving 10%. So it had to make 10% return on the money. Okay. So 10% cash on cash to them. And I had to make some money. Okay. So I had to, I had to make sure that there was enough cash flow. And, but the thing was in order to do that, you know, there were a couple down units and I had to rehab them and I knew it was going to be no money for okay. did no, you, no, no Did returns. you have money in the deal or, or yeah, did, did your investors did. fund the entire thing? I did have money in the deal. It wasn't a lot, and they did fund most of it, but I did put some skin in the game in the first. Okay, so how did you I mean? How did, I think this is a big thing for a lot of people because a lot of people are like, yo, I don't have any money or whatever. So how did you structure that deal as far as like, did you give them equity? Well, was it straight debt? It like, wasn't. Was it? I, I probably did it wrong at first uh, just because I wasn't sophisticated enough to know how to do it now, which okay. we can set it up like very sophisticated and, and do all the different combinations, equity, debt. Yeah. All like there all the different ways that you can do a syndication department syndications we do, uh, but at first it was family money, so it was mainly just uh, it, it was it was equity, but with a, like basically now I guess the term would be it would be a preferred return. Okay, they were they're equity with a preferred return. Nice. So so how was that? So kind of take me through the nuts and bolts of like how it was that they got paid. Sure. Like, so was it? It's a strict. It's a percentage, and then they get a a, a piece of like yes. equity. So explain yeah, that yeah. to it how would, people. Uh, it was. They, like when we started cash flowing, basically I gave out ten percent of their money. 
And I gave it out every month, too, because I wanted to make them happy. Because nice. I wanted to let them see it and that it was... Because yeah. a lot of people, what they do is uh, they... It's like, trust me, but I'm not going to then give you money back for a year. And then yeah. within two months, they're like, dude, is everything cool? They're freaking out, yeah. Like, like, if you... So some deals don't support that, but I just said... I, I, at the time, I, I, would, I didn't know what I was doing, but I was like, I need to just give them monthly checks. No, I To get make that. everything fine. And I make do, them feel warm and fuzzy. I do that, and, and it works for that reason. Not people, <laughs> but I mean, my miles obviously different. Like, we don't do that now, so like, I don't want to paint this, I don't oh. want to set that expectation. We will on some, Sorry, but uh, <laughs> on some, we give quarterly distributions, sometimes semi annually. Okay. And on certain deals, you're not going to get any money back for a year, but it's going to be a huge payday because we're doing a riskier thing, riskier quotation marks, but a bigger payday. Okay, no, that makes sense. But you're upfront with the people beforehand, and they yeah, know exactly what they're getting into. So every it's like, deal has its own has it has its own flavor, its own, its own uh, style of risk, its own type of investor that's going exactly. to have that appetite, and you have to talk it through. So it's kind of something for everybody. If you're looking to invest and you want to be kind of out a little bit longer, like for me, people like what I do, who like the fact that like they get high yield and they can have their money out, you know, pretty quick. And then there's some people that don't want that. Like sure. I've I've had investors that. I've worked with me and then stopped because they wanted to keep the money out for longer, longer periods right. of time. Yeah. So it's just a matter of like what your personal preference and, is. And there's all these different types of deals. I mean, you can have uh, a stabilized deal where that means that like you're talking about 90 plus vacancy walking in, but you have some some value add where you can raise rents. And that's probably going to be where you know that you're going to be able to give investors a distribution six months in. It's just this is stable ideas. Those deals tend to be, you know, they, on, on the more not lower return, but just stable return. Hmm. You know, and then uh, if you outperform, they can yield high returns on some of the ones that we do that we're starting to look at now very heavily. It's the it's the vacant deals. Nice. We have the teams and you go in and that's you, where it's at. You can buy with cash and they're not going to be able to get financing, but you got to know what you're doing. And we do. And you rent it up within uh, six months to a year and you uh, cash out refi and everybody's high fiving and you, everybody makes a boatload. So tell me about, I want to know about, like, so the first deal, the first deal happens. I want to know about all the bad shit. Tell me about all the <laughs> shit that just goes horribly wrong. And then, because okay. I think people need to understand that, like, yo, being an entrepreneur, being in business, being in real estate is about constantly putting out fires. Like, it shit is. is going to go wrong yes. all the time. It's just a matter of how you deal with that. That yes. defines who you are as a person in a business. If you, you anticipate some sleepless nights. Yeah, without a doubt. Like specifically, a lot of people say to me, it's it's in the rental multifamily world. Like, mm-hmm. bro, what about the tenants? What about the management companies? Are they stealing from you? Like, tell me about your experience with managing I've, buildings I've at seen a state. It all. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, I, that's I mean, why you're here because you're yeah. the fucking man. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, the property management team is you're going to be your factor of success. You can analyze a deal. You can fi- you can tell me all the stats about a market. You you can go into a market where it seems like you can do no wrong, and you have a bad property management company, and the deal will shit itself. So, is are they really the make or break? I mean, you have that's why that's why we are excellent at what we do. We are excellent asset managers. We manage the managers, and you have to be very good at at vetting, hiring, training, getting them to understand how you want to work the building, and your property managers have to be excellent. Jesus. So let me, I mean, how do you go about it? We had Ralph Rivera on the show last week, um, and he had managed over 10,000 units, over 128 buildings mm-hmm. in Manhattan, Queens, Long Island. How do you go about, I ask him the same question, how do you go about selecting stuff? a good product? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's an art. Uh, there's a lot, I mean, Carl taught me how to start that process. Okay. Vetting, you know, you have a lot of questions that you can ask. Uh you know, some of the, we could get it with a whole show on this, but just to touch on some high level stuff, it would be uh, like, you got to make sure that they're the right type of property manager for the asset class of your building. Okay. Because you so, don't want a property manager that's working a class and doctors and lawyers are, 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 are your main tenant base. And then you're going to ask them to uh, manage a C-class building. Like that's just not the same type of style really? of, of collecting rent and, and that sort of thing. So it's like. That's interesting because I mean I would like there's a there's a specific skill set for all the different asset classes of buildings. I'm surprised. I mean I would think all right, listen, if you have a, a management company that specializes in managing strip malls, you're not going to put them into a hundred unit you know multifamily well, building. But it's even more gran- right. It's even more granular than that. But what, and that's what I'm saying. What's really interesting is that you know a guy that normally manages an A class building and a C class building like they they don't really mix. Yeah, right. They, like they well, can maybe they have a subset of a division if they're a bigger company that okay. maybe. Uh, but but usually what happens is is that you have uh, 
a property management company that just specializes in a certain asset classes. So you go you you go in there prepared with a list of questions. You yeah. hit up. I mean, at this point, obviously, you have your teams in place where you're currently working. But if you go into a new market, like yeah. kind of take people through, like you're going into a new market. How do you build that initial team and then start going out there and, and buying buildings? So that takes a while. Like I would say, we're at the at the stage now where um, it takes us. I, we would not go into a new market uh, in probably less than six months to a year with that much research. Wow. Yeah. See, that's what I'm like. That's what it takes, people. <laughs> so, like, we're moving pawns constantly. Like, I'm a scalability guy. Like, so we're we're working on deals, looking for the next deal, but we also have a pawn in other markets that we're testing. So, yeah, that we're, like, seeing, are there good property managers here? Can we even get in this market so as to be love oh, it? so that's actually what... Do you start with the property management aspect? Do you no, start, no, no, no. We start, we start with, uh, we start with the, the market first. Okay. Just to see if the signal's good, population, okay, uh, okay, jobs, okay. all that stuff. Whole another show we could do. It would be awesome if we could do that. Um, but like, but then okay, signals good. Let's start looking at property managers for this the the unit count of the building. Uh, are we looking at twenty units, thirty units, hundred units plus? All the, so, and you start looking, and if you can't find any, you have to really question yourself and say, well, what are we going to do? If we find a great building, great opportunity in this market, but we don't feel that there's a property management company that can service us. Uh, we, you have to take a step back and really decide if you're going to go for it. Yeah, I mean, has that happened to you? Have you come into a market where you're like, this is a solid market, and you're like, shit, I can't find a decent property. Yeah, it's happening here. right now. I'm not going to talk about the market because it's hot. Or uh, can we talk about it off the air? Yes. Share the wealth. <laughs> but so, but because uh, we're we're so close to trying to figure that out. Yeah. Uh, but we're we're going to probably go into a market, but we are hesitant right now because we haven't really found that property management company in that That's that crazy. twenty to sixty unit kind of space that I think is uh That's really is prime for us and we're and but also here's the I mean Carl always says it too he's like well why don't you start a property management company there and I'm like man like, we can't I mean he's also would say don't start another I'm business I'm really surprised model. he said that well he also says you know that it's going to take time to build a property management company but if there's no other property management company servicing and that and the opportunity is there and you believe it and there's another revenue stream yes. another revenue stream and now you can probably find deals that are under service maybe the property managers aren't extracting the true potential out of these this space and you can capitalize on it wow i mean that's kick ass <laughs> maybe he likes you more than me <laughs> shit I mean, we have a great property would management you, company. Would you do that? Would you consider starting a property management company in... Do you, well, my, my partner, Krista, would probably say, Chris, what are you talking about? Please stop. Please but that's stop. why there's balance. That's why there's balance. You're the guy no. who's like, we're going to fucking... We're going to take over the world today. And we're going to fly to the moon today. And she's like, maybe we should think about this. And how much, how much time do we actually want to allocate to that? Yeah. And, and, and that, I think that becomes the toughest part. So it's like, you know, work-life balance, like you were saying. Like, how, mm -hmm. do, you, how do you then balance, you know... Being a father, being a husband, you know, being an entrepreneur in a growing business. It's being really young, hard. You know? It's it's really hard. Working on that hair because you definitely don't wake up with that thing <laughs> looking like that. Do you wake up with it looking like that? Dude, I just put some gel in there, man, and pull it back. Listen, when you don't like have I said, hair, my, my grandfather hooked me up. When you don't have hair, you really appreciate a good head of hair. Yeah, but you rock the no hairstyle right, dude. You're I appreciate not, that, like, but I don't have a choice. And, 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 and this fedora situation that you got. This, I mean, I've had this in childhood. The, the, <laughs> the fedora is not a cover up the head thing. The fedora is like a, just my identity thing. So, so you so back to the so you you find the market. Yep. You start doing the analysis. You start speaking to the economic development committees there. You start looking at the master plan. Sure. You know what's there, what's going to be there, what mm -hmm. kind of industry is there. You start right. building your professional team. No, you don't want a single. You don't want single industry growth. You got to have like variety of industry. I mean that there, there's a lot that goes into that. Um, but yeah, you get your you get your team, and then if you get your team, then you start. If you have a team that you feel pretty good about, then you can start marketing for deals. Nice. And you do this, I mean, you do the same kind of marketing. You're all over the place, too. You're, uh... I'm gorilla, dude. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gorilla. I'm everywhere. I am putting radio spots out that talk about cat pee and human fecal matter. <laughs> uh, but you got to do what you got to do. So I yeah. guess it's the same. People always like, I think people get scared. Like, what do you say to people who are mm -hmm. scared of the distance? Like, okay. people are like, I can't touch it. I can't see it. It's like six hours away, sure. 12 hours away. I think know. those, I think it's a great question. And I, those concerns are really valid. Uh, but we've never had a better time ever as entrepreneurs or real estate investors to break past that kind of fear with the technology we have today. Bam! You know, if you you got to make sure that the people on the ground and your and your uh, 
chosen market are technology savvy. I mean, you yourself need to really up your game on being technology savvy. And it doesn't mean that you have to be a nerd, like a super programmer. Like I do have a programming background, but that's... Do you? I do, yeah. don't strike me as a tech guy. Yeah. I'm curious to know about your background. Tell me about that. I'll I'll get to that. Let me just... uh, (laughs) But like you got it. You got to... Like FaceTime videos, uh, pictures all over the place. Like you can, you can really, if you trust your team, which which we do, and you develop a rapport, and they send you videos, you send pics, everything. I mean, and you can sign documents with your phone now with Adobe signing. Like you can do everything from home, you know. And then you do you do have to you do have to be boots on the ground to really get the feel. For the sub market, though, I I I, I want to caution everybody that's listening to, don't think that this is just a non-people situation. You get to sit by, behind the computer and you get to do this all kind of like virtually. You do have to go boots on the ground to understand the sub market. You gotta walk around the neighborhoods. You gotta feel like where are the great blocks, where are the blocks getting worse. Where's the path of progress? You are not going to get that feel. Yes, you can look at Google Maps. Awesome. You can save your time. You can save time to isolate. Got to be boots on the ground and get the feel. So basically, as I eat a brownie, sorry. Um, <laughs> so basically, first you're doing, the, you know, you're doing the research, you're calling people, and then you actually go there. Sure. And you work. So how much time do you spend in a market physically before you feel comfortable enough to buy? Like at this point, you're a seasoned pro, so like you kind of yeah, just it would be get different it. now. Like, but. Yeah, I mean, like I said, six months to a year, but uh, but before it felt comfortable. But, I mean, physically, like, not like doing general research. Like, how oh. many times do you physically, like, let's say it's Syracuse, right? Sure. How many times do you go to Syracuse, you're coming into brand new? When, you, when you're a newbie, you got to go up there. You got to go there a bunch of times. Yeah. Uh, three or four times minimum before you can start. But that's not bad. No, it's not. Go there every couple of months, maybe like, go there twice a month for the first couple of months just to get the feel. Cross, triangulate against yourself about what you thought and you come back home and develop your own thoughts again and then you go back and, you know, did the era change? You know, is it, is it what you thought when you first went there? Yeah, go hmm. up there a couple... But now, I mean, this this market, this mystery market that I'm sort of playing up uh, is... Uh, not be a mystery in about 50 minutes. <laughs> is... Uh, we haven't been there yet. I don't need to go yet. Oh, really? Well, that makes sense. Why am I going to go if I don't have a property manager yet? But I know the I know the signals are there, and if uh, we do feel like we're going to get that, we find that property management company, or we have some property management partners that we work with right now, uh, that we would feel comfortable maybe working with them in some sort of JV situation where they would be responsible to go find the people. That's awesome. Like and- go, like we can't find them. You are great at this. Go find them. Wow. Make it happen, and then when you find it and make it happen, and you can convince us that it's been happening, we'll go do this market. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a huge opportunity for people. Um, so, how do you? I think a lot of people also want to know, like, not specifically how you find the deals, but like, mm-hmm. how do you build relationships with good realtors that are six hours away? Oh, well, that's know? that's 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 the part where I think uh, people out there need to get over themselves and understand that like you're going to have to be calling a lot of brokers and you're going to have to get over feeling like an idiot and you have to call them a bunch of times and let them you have to be educated so you can't sound like a doof but so but like you got to call them up and talk about the market they're going to in a hot market they're not going to pay attention to you sorry they're just not sorry why are they going to pay attention to you and the whales show up and they're just like i'll spend time with them Really? So it sucks. So, but the, but there are still there are still brokers out there that understand that they need to build their business and that there's up and comers. And if you know what you're talking about and you're not wasting their time and you respect their time, you got to understand the market. They don't need you right now. You, there's so many yous calling up. You just have to make an impression on them that you're professional. Huh. And they're gonna send you. They're gonna send you the bunk leads. And you have to spend the time on the bunk leads and explain to them like, hey, I don't like this because uh, of X, Y, and Z reasons. Don't write out a dissertation to the to the broker that's the broker's going to look at it and throw it in the virtual garbage. You know, you got to isolate and just say, I don't like this deal because of this, 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 this. And they'll be like, okay, this, this guy's not wasting, this guy or gal's not wasting my time. Uh, and call them again. They're not going to call you back. Don't get, <laughs> don't, don't get, don't get frustrated. Like, I think that happens too. Like, what am I doing wrong? You didn't do anything wrong. Everybody's busy. Yeah. Nobody gives a shit about Be you. Be attached to the Nobody process. Nobody gives a shit about you. Be attached to the process. <laughs> keep calling. You know, people get busy. Yeah, just keep freaking calling. 
Just keep going. Like, give it a week. I mean, don't be annoyed. See, this is where people are like, you got to be a person. Like, be a human. Like, would you be cool <laughs> if somebody called you every four hours because you didn't call them back? No, you would send them a text and say, go F yourself. You know, like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, like, I be guess. a human. Be a professional. Like, you have to, you have to yeah. show that you're the pro. Interesting. No, but at the same and time. And it's hard when you're new because you don't know how to be the pro. Like, it's easy for me to do that now. I can yeah. talk. I can call up a broker and they'll know that I know what I'm talking about immediately, but yeah. it took me a long time to get here. But put in that time. Know that you're going to have to feel like a jerk. You're going to have to feel like an idiot. Yeah, but I think that's cool. <laughs> the cool thing is like, all right, you're like, listen, I have to screw this up or feel like a jerk mm -hmm. 300 times before right. I start beginning to know what I'm talking about. So every time you sound like a jerk, you're one step closer. That's it. Like, actually, like, that's the goal if you're a newbie is... Call 10 brokers and I want you to feel like crap. Just feel uncomfortable. <laughs> be, be comfortable with not being, with being uncomfortable, basically. Right. <laughs> so I want to kind of talk about like, so, so obviously you're a big multifamily guy. And then mm -hmm. the interesting thing is, which this normally doesn't happen, right. because of the current market conditions, right? Mm -hmm. I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You've shifted from multifamily in upstate New York to like packages of single family upstate New York. Yeah. in uh, in Syracuse, uh, we would love to purchase more multifamily, but the the yield is just not there. The returns aren't there. People are overpaying. Financing is uh, pretty easy these days. Uh, a lot of bad operators are able to buy buildings at a high cost, and uh, we'll see where that goes in the market. But That's but you have to be patient. Up. You have to be patient, and you just can't take those deals because they don't they don't have the yield. But in Syracuse, uh, yeah, we added to our offerings and opportunities. In our portfolio, and we we started buying up single family homes, single family rentals. Nice. And how do you like that compared to the multifamily? The dynamic, the returns. How are you structuring those deals for investors? Because sure. the way you structure all your deals, I want you to talk about like the kind of returns you give. Like this okay. isn't like a meeting where you can't shamelessly plug. Like I want you to, okay. to like tell people about that and how that works and how they can make money and what kind of money they can make with you and and obviously how they can get in touch with you because sure. I mean, uh, so let's talk. Let's let's talk about the single family rentals. Uh, we have a great team in Syracuse. They're amazing. Uh, I'll, I'll plug them. They're great. He's probably Procopio Real Estate. <laughs> He's awesome. Like nice. they're they're great. Uh, Frank Procopio is amazing. He'll probably get a lot of calls and be pissed. Uh, <laughs> he'll, probably, he'll be because he's so busy right now. So don't annoy him. I'm, I'm, there you go. Be professional. <laughs> don't stalk him like a crazy. Yeah, man. he will. He will won't answer the phone because you know whose phone call he's answering. Mine. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, he said, "Listen, there's not there's not the kind of uh, multifamily that you're looking for right now up here. Obviously, if it's here, we'd buy it." Uh, and he's like, "You got to check out some of the single families. There's an interesting ratio going on where." You can buy uh, in, in, in good neighborhoods, uh, you know, some foreclosed auctions, uh, some some zombie foreclosures that are hitting the market at like the, the bottom of the barrel uh, spreadsheets that uh, the banks are letting go. Nice. And some of them shouldn't have been at the bottom of the barrel. They're great homes. They just got us. They were just a tick on the spreadsheet somewhere. Wow. And uh, we you can you can buy turds. We're only buying the gold. Uh, but yeah, you go in. And uh, you buy these for, I mean, we're all in. Uh, I mean, we're all in anywhere from uh, 35 to 40, 42,000. We're renting out for 1100 $1, a month. That's purchased, renovated, ready for market? LLC cost, closing, everything. Fuck? How, what, how much? Uh, I mean, the highest we've ever gone is 43 all in. Wow. No, it's hard to find those. It's a oh, lot yeah. of it's a lot of work. Of course, to no, get I know that. No, I mean, but it's just the fact that the opportunity exists. Like correct. in New York, like in Long Island, you're not going to find a, a house that you can buy, renovate, rent typically, and be all in for forty thousand bucks. Correct. It just doesn't really it doesn't really happen. So like the opportunity is there, and that's why like if you have limited capital, yeah, don't be afraid to go to a place like Syracuse and do something like this. That's right. I mean, but the thing is, though, to 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 the, the to your point, like. Uh, I'm not going to say that single family investing is easy. No. It, it is it is not. And also like the economies of scale are where you win on apartment buildings. If you if you have uh, 20 units and one unit goes down, it's not going to hurt you. That's just part of your calculations of vacancy. If you have enough money to only buy one single family rental and that's all the money you have and maybe you have some reserves but the tenant go, uh, doesn't pay, you have no income. Yeah. That's so right. What I want to stress is, yes, we are moving to, we are adding to single family rentals. However, 
we're taking a multifamily lens. When we first purchased the first two, I had zero intention of only buying one or two. Zero. It was a proof of concept only. Yeah. And the vision was, I'm going to buy 100 of these. Nick, bam! <laughs> so I, if, if one of them, in the first two, if one of them was vacant for two months, it wasn't like I was thinking, oh, gosh, I have no cash flow. There's, I, I need to be very clear about that paradigm. I was thinking about that I had a 100-unit building already. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And, <laughs> no, and, and, I, and I, I'm basically doing the exact same thing. But, you know, but you've already, you've already kind of like, you've proven it out. And you're like, okay, I've done all the research. I know what's going to work. I have the team in place. And then you're like, let me prove it. Okay. But you knew it was going to work. I knew it was going to work. I knew that I, uh, I knew that we, we could purchase uh, at, this, at these levels. Um, and now we have 20. It, since February, we purchased 20. That's awesome. So... That is awesome. I will tell you the market's changing though. Like I knew that there was an 18 month window. Yeah. So you're like, this you happens quick. This happens quick. Like I'm losing bids already. Like, and I think that's really, <laughs> I think that's really important. I remember Carl told me this a long, long time ago and it always resonated in my head. It's like, yo, listen, like you have to understand every aspect of real estate. So like, depending on where that class of property is and its cycle, mm -hmm. you have the knowledge to buy and that's capitalize it. on that. Yep, totally. And that's a big reason why I started doing significantly more deals is because I just branched out from the areas and what I was doing. And now there's more opportunity for that reason, which is basically what you're doing mm -hmm. to constantly keep your investors money out there, constantly yeah. bringing new deals. And and the, and the way we structure these deals, uh, you had asked about that before specifically. Yeah. So this is not how we structure uh, multifamily deals. It's a very different animal, but for the single family rentals, we're using what's called uh, I like it. It's on, it's on bigger pockets and all that. Uh, do, are you on that form? Yeah, I've been yeah. on there. Um, it's, it's called the Burr model. The what? Burr. Burr? Like Buy, burr. rehab, oh. rent, refinance, repeat. Okay. Yeah. Burr. And the thing is, though, you got to buy these things. Most of these you have to buy cash. So how do you get the cash? You have to go to your private investor. So what we did is we, this is why we are very, very careful on our buying criteria, which is why we're all in for 35, 42,000, 43,000, whatever. Um, we put investors in for 10%. A note. It's collateralized by the property. Okay. It's recorded note. They get their 10%. Well, we refinance them out within approximately a year. Okay. And then... And it's typically one investor per property for something like that. Yes. Typically. We do have for uh, for higher commitments, we do offer a sharing in some of the proceeds, but that's for a higher commitment for okay. a specific type of investor. Okay. Uh, but normally, yes, it's one per. And uh, yeah, we put a, put a note on. It's recorded. And uh, there's enough equity in the deal that they feel good about it. Uh, and feel safe, and we we offer uh, payments uh, at the investor's choosing because it's a note, it's a mortgage. We have to pay the mortgage. Okay, no, that makes it's, sense. And and uh, we're comp like that's that's how those investors get to take advantage and get their money to work. And do they they get equity in the in the deal also? No, uh, only uh, not not no not in those. Okay, so basically that's just. That's an interest only. They're basically the bank, essentially. They are the bank, and they're getting a ten percent interest only. I mean, which is huge. It's massive. You go go find a bank that's going to do that. And <laughs> how long do you? How long does that go out for? Like, do you say, listen, it's, you're going to be eighteen months, two years? Like, is there? It's a it's a two year note, so that we have enough time to refinance. Okay. Uh, but the expectation that we set is anywhere from nine to sixteen months. Okay. Did they? Do you put any kind? Do you guarantee them like two years? Do you put any kind of prepayment penalty in there? There's no prepayment penalty, uh, but we would not be very good business people if we. Uh, refied in two months and only gave them 0.875% times two. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. if we refinance in three months uh, and the money is there on the refi, we would, we would, I mean, we would, if it was two months, we might give them six or 7% on two months, which is pretty amazing. But yeah, that's awesome. Cause we have some banks lined up right now that uh, all they need to see is that uh, a property is uh, tenantized and you can refinance. Yeah. Sometimes they're seasoning. Some banks have seasoning. They want to see a, a tenant in there for at least four months before yeah. they can uh, think about a refi. I want you to talk about you know how you raise money for multifamily and what you offer for people because I think that's really sick. Mm -hmm. um, one thing I just want to touch on since you brought it up is when you go into these markets, do you build relationships with local banks? And if so, what are the benefits to that? Okay. Uh, the yes, uh, we do. So we definitely build relationships with local banks. Uh, local banks will have some negatives. Those local banks will be uh, usually shorter amortization periods, 20 to 25 uh, years. Really? So your payments are higher. Okay. But the beauty is, is that they know the areas. 
they know the areas so that say that a large national bank uh, or maybe just even a, na a national lender, there's a lot of them out there right now, may apply a, a cap rate or certain underwriting requirements that are just more broad okay. and unfair. Okay. And if you get a local bank, they know the area better, so they're willing to work with you to really isolate what the true value is, and you can just really get down to the nitty-gritty of the best value possible. So I guess it's just like that's just all part of your team. Like you have to have all different kinds of lenders because you never know Correct. who's going to want to fund what. That's right. There's appetites are so different by geo asset class and even just stabilized, non-stabilized everything. I mean, another thing that you, you and I were having a conversation maybe like a couple months ago, and like you brought this to my attention. I like, I have obviously I I knew it, but at the same time, it kind of really resonated with me a lot more when you said it was the value of principal paydown on multifamily. Yeah, as it as it's kind of like those one of those things that just kind of over like underappreciated is that? Yeah, I do. I do think it's like people don't understand it. It's a it's a kind of, it's a, actually a difficult concept to understand. Like, so picture uh, like everybody buys a house and uh, people people lucky enough to buy a house and uh, you thirty years you pay down your mortgage, you have equity, you you build up your equity. Yeah. Okay. Um, but you still need a place to live. So if you sell. If you build up your equity and then you usually have to go buy another house unless you're retiring and downsizing. Yes. So it's not really equity that you can access and doing anything with. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but people understand that you pay down your mortgage and that you building it up. It's a savings bank for yourself. Well, the same thing occurs for a multifamily building. And if you only buy an apartment building that is cash flowing and that is cash flowing above debt service, the mortgage payment, you're getting the same principal pay down on the mortgage of a big building using debt and leverage correctly and the tenants are giving you the tenant income is giving you a cash flow check plus principal pay down they're paying down the mortgage so if you hold on to a multifamily building that's six million dollars and you've gotten cash flow nicely for for 15 20 years and you had a 20-year amortization at the end of 20 years guess how much equity you have to go do with six million dollars and you got checks for the last 20 years that's why real estate is the most <laughs> thing in the world. nothing like that happens in the stock and you market. didn't need six million dollars to buy it I want you to talk about how you fund those things. So you have a project, you have a couple of projects. You're you're actively looking to raise money, right? No, yes, maybe. Uh, they, they've already we we do we already raised the money already. Oh yeah, yeah, it's Mazel. Yeah, thank you. But I'm, there's going to be a deal in the next three months sure. where you're going to need money. So like people are listening to this, they're like, "Yo, I really like this concept." I want you to explain to them like how they can make out what you know what they get, how you structure them, you know how they can get in touch with you. Well, they should get in touch. They should call us up and. Uh, Go through the website, sharplineequity.com. Uh, you can ask for Krista or myself, Chris Jackson, Krista Testani or Chris Jackson, and we can just get to know you and, and develop a relationship together. Uh, but we do offer a variety of different uh, investment opportunities. Uh, I would say that most in syndications, what happens is, uh, you know, you have, you have equity investors. Everybody takes part in the equity. So basically, for those of you who don't understand, you basically passively own a piece of this building. Correct. And the returns are going to be, I don't want to get too much into returns just because okay. it's going to get uh, to a, a variety of, of, of the project. Okay. The project depends. It can, like I said, the stable deals, it's just uh, the building's already cash flowing and it's a long-term hold. Okay. Sometimes people want the, uh, you know, the vacant building that's going to be a, uh, a big, huge, massive value add that you can refinance, but they're okay with uh, risk. I mean, yeah. big construction projects yeah. are risky. Yes. So you have to have a risk uh, tolerance. I mean, and, and risk <laughs> is like, you know, quote unquote risk. When you're a seasoned professional like Chris, it's not. I mean, you pretty much know exactly what's going to happen. You have money budgeted for contingencies of, of the worst of the worst that could happen, you know, because he, he's been there and done it and seen it all. Yeah. I mean, uh, like we, I wouldn't take on a, I would not have taken on a vacant apartment building uh, first project that I, I don't recommend that for anybody. No. Absolutely. It's like people call me like, I want to build a house. I've never done a deal before. It's like, that's not the best thing to do. Like, you know, if you're in the flipping, you want to find like a base kind of flip. If you're in the, you know, multifamily world, would you suggest kind of your route? You want two, three, four family kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I liked the five unit just because you did get into the commercial quotation marks. It is a different uh, lending okay. uh, category. If you go for a four unit, you're going to be talking to a residential bank and they're going to use different calculations to come up with your value. And it's a lot harder to get, as I've learned, it's a lot harder, and I'm sure you're, you've learned that also, which is why you structured your deals in Syracuse on a single family way you are. It's hard to get financing for that shit as you start to scale. 
Yeah. Whereas commercial, like everybody and their mother, lending wise, in my opinion, has a boner for like multifamily <laughs> commercial property. They right do. now they do. Yeah, which is which, which is, is also helped. It's it's feeding on itself and why the market is in its cycle. It's it's the natural part of the market cycle of multifamily currently. What do you think is going to happen um, with the market in general? It's hard for me to say. I don't have a crystal ball. I would just say that uh, with the fact, but so you have uh, lending is very loose right now. It is getting slightly tighter. We've noticed that, so maybe the market is beginning to correct itself currently. Okay. Uh, mark uh, lending is getting slightly tighter, but lending has been loose for a little while, so that allows for people to overpay, and then the, yeah. the prices go up. Yep. So I would say to since we don't have a crystal ball, any deal that we take on. You have to run your projections and the possibility of a three, a two to six year timeline, seven year timeline that what happens if uh, the value isn't going to go up? Is it just going to cash flow? You okay with that? How much principal pay down do you get? What happens if you, when you refi in five, seven, 10 years and, and interest rates are, are and, higher. and project a significantly higher interest rate? You, you have to run your projections and on your pro formas and your deal has to weather it. Yeah. I mean, they, and that's what the professionals do. That's like, I mean, people are like, oh, I'm going to buy a building. They don't think about all this shit. Like, but this is this is what separates, you know, the good from the bad. Yeah, and 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 what's what's the discipline comes in. I'm sure you see this too. It's like it sucks. You want to buy a lot of deals, and then you run your numbers, and you're like, fuck, I can't, can't do this deal. Like, so, I I want this deal to work so bad, and I can't, I can't make it work. And you can't get emotional. <laughs> Yeah. It either it listen numbers or math is not emotional. Either it makes sense or it doesn't. And there's sometimes there's I feel like there's like right now there's I want to do multifamily, but I'm not going to go into it now. A because I have too much shit going on with what I'm doing, and B I don't see the returns there. Right. I mean, and, or or it's it's uh it's too loose. Like it's just uh it's not gonna it's dependent upon uh well this gets complicated, but it depends on a a, a lower cap rate. It depends on us rising rents to a certain degree, and you start to get uncomfortable with that. And it's like, oh, we can't do this deal then. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, I think a lot of players right now, unfortunately, are uh, not listening to that inner voice. And they should. The really good ones are. The people that I've surrounded myself with are. Yeah. I guess there's some guys that, like, believe it or not, it sounds insane, but sometimes guys just, people are getting frustrated. Like, I have kind of bigger, I would say almost institutional kind of guys that are lending me money now that have big, big money that are doing it because they can't find the returns right. anywhere. Yeah. Like they, they're not out there. Like right. the market's not producing. Like, you know, they have they have money that they have to dispense because that's how they make fees or whatever it is or keep their investors. Right. So sometimes they just take bad deals. Yeah, and that's and, and there also what happens is you get a lot of uh, people are like, oh, if I don't have anything... Uh, if if it has anything less than twenty percent yield annualized over five years, like I'm not doing it. I'm like, show me that deal. Like, like let me see it. You know, and and maybe there's like maybe there's like a very elite group that can find that stuff. I mean, yeah. we're finding stuff that has super high yield, but it's uncommon. Huh? You got to look like you're finding the institutional guys are just like get me yield, like get me some solid yield, and we'll go find that stuff that can be dependable. Nice. And you know. Like we kind of talked about where our returns are, and that's that's solid. That's insane. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's really insane. And the structure is very friendly. I mean, it's just it's it's really great. It's a really great you know thing for people who want to get in and and buy multifamily. It's a great thing if you want to invest passively to be able to own a piece of a building without having to do you know the the boots on the ground and be able to operate you know be in your regular business or job whatever it is and still reap yeah, the benefits. Take the advantage. There's there's tax advantages to owning real estate that you should talk to your accountant about and get the really understanding, but there are. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's why we, we both have gravitated towards this business model. I mean, even though you're not multifamily, you're doing rentals and... <laughs> it's it's different, but similar, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, kind of like, I guess in a conclusion kind of thing, what would you leave the, like, if there's, if there's somebody sitting there listening to us ramble <laughs> about, you know, hair and your and, and Greek gods and, and everything else. What would you what would you say to that person to kind of encourage them, to push them, kind of a word of advice okay. from someone like yourself who's been uh, through it? Who's, who wants to get into real estate? Yeah. Person that hasn't done a deal yet? Or multifamily. Someone hasn't done oh. a deal, they're like, they're they're you All right. th they're they're you at thirty. All right, so first, step one, you have to be and I'm gonna steal from Gary V here. Yeah. All right, I'm gonna steal is multifamily right for you? <laughs> be self aware. Nice. Like, do, is, do, do you want the super sexiness of the flips? There are some people that, like, 
I, I could talk about the benefits of multifamily all day long and they just say, I, I just got to be hands on. I like the tactile feel of the of doing the work myself, flipping it. I do four a year. I'll flip four a year and be happy. And I just control the whole thing. And that's what I'm comfortable with. And you know what I say to that? I, I high fives all day. Yeah. You're winning. You're winning. <laughs> so self-awareness, like where are your strengths? Um, are you an analytical person? Are you patient? Are you a construction person? Uh are you a construction person, but you suck at numbers? Like, do you need a part? Do you need a JV partner? Do you, you have to understand what you're good at. You have to ask the hard questions of yourself and decide and be honest with yourself. And that's where you got to drop the ego. And if you suck at doing one thing, you got to get a partner or stop double, stop spending time on the stuff you suck at. Like I'm, I'm I mean, get also, I mean, for a 22 year old out there, you're not going to really know what you're great at, but you start to know. And now, I mean, when I'm 33, 34, when I started getting into it, I, I knew that I was a great analytical person that could project and understand what a great multifamily deal was. I knew it. Nice. And I knew how to research markets and be patient with it. I love doing that. I, I can, and, and I'm also very good at uh, operational efficiency. I can take 10,000 items on a board that would make some people like crumble and it's chaos. And I can see what has to be done in what order by a bunch of different people. Yeah, and then whatever you're, whatever you're not good at, you either partner for. That's right. Or you hire for. Correct. But never like, you know, feel that, you know, you, you, you can't do something because you, you can't do it all. So yeah. you're like, I, I can't. No, just like, like and, double, and then once you know, double down on it and don't look back. Nice. Tell everybody how they can get in touch with you again. You got your phone number on there? Do you not want your phone number out there? Oh, they can't. Nobody's going to remember a phone number. Just go, uh, okay. <laughs> go to, go to, go, go to www I am going to leave you guys with this. I'm Charles Weirup, the handsome home buyer. Do you have a house that smells like cat pee? It's dated from the 1960s. <laughs> it doesn't get old. It never gets old. Walls, human waste floating past the basement steps or tenants that don't pay? If so, I want to buy it. Are you behind on your mortgage? Haven't paid your taxes or owe more than your house is worth? If so, I can help, and I want to buy it. Contact me today for a no-obligation cash offer in less than 24 hours at 516-777-SOLD or on our website at www.handsomehomebuyer.com. Yeah! See you next time. <laughs> Thanks, Charles.